Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas odds maker. And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence. And now, let's get it on. Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, it's that time of the year. The 2021 football season is underway, and with it, our Mark Lawrence Against the Spread podcast is also coming your way. Week number one kicking off this week, and with that, we're kicking off our Mark Lawrence Against the Spread podcast. I'm going to welcome our co-host Victor King in from King Creole Sports as we get set for the 2021 football season. And with that, Victor, we're thrilled to say that college football is back in a big way in 2021. Boy, we sure are. This is our favorite time of the year, the first week of the NFL season. We've had a couple weeks of uh, college football to dip our toes in the water a little bit. You know, the last time we did any sort of podcast was way back in late December. And one can easily make a case that the 2021 calendar year has been all about the Buck, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, NBA champions, uh, it was nice seeing a college basketball champion uh, crowned since they did not play in 2020, and that would be the Baylor Bears, who upset Gonzaga in the championship game. But, Mark, we are ready to go. And uh, for me, even a little bit more than normal, uh, I took a three-month period off earlier this summer uh, based on some doctor's advice, and it was probably the best thing I could have done. And that was... Uh, Oh, we're in the middle of April and my NBA regular season is winding down. It's not going particularly well. In fact, for our service, it was the first losing season in the regular season in the last six years. And I felt kind of lost back in April. And I went to the doctor and he literally told me at the time, you got to take some stress away from your job. You got to take some things off your plate. So I made a decision back in April, to completely pass in the NBA playoffs and to literally take three months off from handicapping and sports betting. And uh, that included the NBA playoffs. That included the first half of the Major League Baseball season. And, Mark, it was the best thing I could have done because during that time, A, I was able to address some health issues that I had. You know, I got this bad lower back that you're aware of, and we were able to address that. And not not to mention... You know, spending some quality time with the family, with my wife, Sandy, with the kids, with the dogs, Tuco and uh, Monkey. And again, this is probably the best thing I could have done. Right around the beginning of July, the itch started coming back a little bit. And I went through about a 10-day handicapping period where I was just kind of handicapping for myself. And we finally returned with our King Creole service back on July 6th after taking a full three months off. And the passion is reignited. We've gone 28-1 and one in our baseball over-under plays since July 6th. We're now ranked number one in the country in baseball over-under winning percentage for the season. We're somewhere around plus 37 units. It's reignited the passion for football. We've been able to spend time working on the newsletters, the totals, tip sheet, the playbook publications, Mark, I highly recommend it. At times, just take a couple of months off, get away from it, and the passion will return. 
Well, it sounds like it has returned for you, Victor, 28 and 1. That's outstanding. In fact, that's uh, jaw-dropping, to say the least, and I'm glad to hear that the time off did you well. My one question to you is, upon doctor's orders when he told you to take three months off from sports betting and handicapping, what would you have said to him if he said, also take time off from romance with the wife? What would you have said to him then? Well, yeah, we got to draw the line somewhere, Doc, right? So uh, <laughs> we I did complete. the right thing. And again, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, again, I felt pretty much lost in April. And uh, I'm ready to go, man. Let's start this NFL season. College football has been okay with our totals plays. And again, I'm looking for another uh, baseball over-under winter today after we hit la- Tuesday night's play on the Milwaukee Brewers and the Philadelphia Phillies over the total. Well, best of luck continuing moving forward with Major League Baseball, Victor, and your everything else you do moving forward also with the college and football and NFL. I think it was an outstanding beginning to the college football season this year, if for no other reason. Last week's football card had the makings of maybe half a dozen, maybe up to 10 games. Matchups were like bowl game matchups. They were just absolutely terrific, and they all played out just about that way. It was terrific to see and was also terrific to see fans in the stands once again. It really adds to the atmosphere mm-hmm. of not only the players playing the game, but us watching the game as well. You know, there's nothing, I think, more sad than watching performers perform with nobody they're performing in front of. You don't have your best effort at times, and I think we're going to see just that this college football season, NFL as well. Biggest comment about college football this year is all of what happened in the off season when uh, the NCAA decided to rule to allow seniors to return for the season because of the pandemic last year, it just cranked up the rosters with experience like we've never seen before. And and as an example, a thing that I do, Victor, as you know, in our database is uh, I follow teams with 17 returning starters each and every football season because it's largely where the experience starts with teams that bring 17 or more starters back. In years past, the amount of teams with 17 or more returning starters have usually tallied anywhere from 14 to maybe 18 teams that did that. This year, because of the new NCAA pandemic rule, there are 82 college football teams with 17 or more returning starters. 82. Absolutely unbelievable, which means that these rosters are stocked as well as they've ever been before. And I think we are going to see a very good brand of college football this year. These teams are loaded with experience. They're the chip on their shoulder. They're anxious to play. And if it's anything like we saw last week, I'm really, really looking forward to this 2021 college football season. You know, you bring up a good uh, stat there. It's one of the reasons, in my opinion, that college football week one totals went under at such a high percentage. Last week there was, uh, let me see here, 30 overs, 54 unders, almost 67% of all games went under the total. Average points scored 52.3 in college football week one action. That was seven points less than the previous year. The 2020 first week of the season had 59.3 points per game. Average over-under line last week was 56.7. So the average game went under by four and a half points per game extreme under numbers in college football and you touched on it causes reasons increased returning experience continuity on defense due to some of the uh, super seniors added eligibility 
the one-time transfer rule, and the transfer portal. And the combination of this favors defensive scheme complexity. It's one of the reasons that unders hit at such a high percentage last week. Really, really strong to the unders, to say the least, in college football. We'll see how things shake out in the National Football League side of things. We'll get to that in just a moment here. But one quick note before we move over to there, Victor. Uh, we're concerned deeply about the COVID situation and the protocols in the National Football League, as we all know. And it's my belief that the National Football League needs to get its act together as far as COVID listings are concerned. We find out our NFL injury report at NFL.com. We go online. We find all the injuries, the transactions. The National Football League needs to step things up and produce a COVID list. For fans, for handicappers, for those who love the game of football, we need to know what's involved in the world of COVID these days. These COVID list uh, transactions are key and critical, almost more so than the injuries that we uh, incur here today. Uh, a little bit about the National Football League and doing just that. Let's do what the fans want, and we want to know what's going on in the world of COVID. We're being asked to wear our masks and do all those good things while well, I'm asking the National Football League to step up here also and produce that COVID list so that we know exactly what your league is producing for a fan standpoint. That's my soapbox take, Victor, on the National Football League. Your thoughts before we enter into week number one. If somebody asked me, what's the most important football statistic of the 2021 season in college football in the NFL? It's easily vaccination rate. I'm with you 100% on that. Give the NFL credit. We're somewhere around, what, 85% for all teams. But there's got to be a list out there because that's a very, very important list. I also, Mark, can't remember entering an NFL season with so many poor secondaries across the league. And this is even before the inevitable, you know, droves of injuries. NFL badly needs a influx of quality, young defensive backs. I'm talking about teams like the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Jets. Some very, very poor defensive secondary. It should lead to a lot of high-scoring games this year. And let's not forget, Mark, despite a record of 126, 124, and 4 last year, it was still the highest-scoring NFL season of all time, 49.6 points per game. We could be right back up there with these bad defensive secondaries in 2021. You know, let's keep an eye on all this as we enter into the 2021 football season. All I know is I'm looking forward to getting in touch with the NFL this weekend. Don't go away. When Dicker and I come back, we're going to tear apart our college football game of the week, and we've got a beauty on tap when Iowa takes an Iowa State. We'll do that game in the NFL game of the week when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set for the first week of the National Football League season, week number two in college football. And with that, it's time for our college football game of the week, and we're going to tear apart a dandy on the college football card this week when the Iowa Hawkeyes travel to Iowa State to take on the Cyclones. Victor, this should be one heck of a football game. 
two highly ranked football teams. Your take on the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones this Saturday. Right, Cyclones will be the host of the game, 4.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. The over-under line opened at 44.5, and and it has since gone up. I took a look this morning, Wednesday morning. I'm seeing some 45.5s. There's even a couple of 46s out there. So this is one of those games where we can kind of hang out and track the line move and then make our move on the game going under the total. Last year, Iowa 3-5 and five over under. Iowa State 4-7-1 and one over under. Both teams outstanding defenses. Iowa allowing only 16 points per game last year. And Iowa State at 21.4. In fact, the Cyclones went under in each of their last five games to conclude the season. And we're actually uh, on a couple of sharp players' long shot lists to potentially win the national title this year at anywhere from 40 to 50 to 1 odds. Both teams already coming out of the gate with unders in their first week of the season. The Hawkeye defense swarmed all over that Hoosier running game last week. You know, uh, they played a hot and even higher-ranked Indiana program. It was pretty much over from the jump. They picked off Michael Penix Jr. Jr. three times. They allowed a mere two field goals. On the other side, they ripped off a couple of big scoring runs. On the uh, other side of the equation, it's probably not how you start the season for Iowa State, and that was a 16-10 to win over a you know, lowly northern Iowa squad. But the offense stalled on third downs last week. They managed only one second-half field goal, and there's your concern where it comes to offense in terms of the Cyclones. They did just about everything eh, okay, plus two in turnover margin, decent running the ball, effective through the air, but the definitely... Nothing dazzling in terms of this series. It's gone three, six, and one over under in the last 10 games. Uh, average game's gone under by 2.2 points per game. Of course, they did not play each other last year. Three out of the last four have gone under the total. So this one's got one of those like uh, 20 to 17, maybe 23 to 17 final scores written all over it. The luxury for us is uh, we get to watch the over-under line go up and then make our move when we get to Saturday game day. Either way, we're going to be going under the total in this particular games. Uh, Iowa still on a 6-14-1 over-under run their last 22 games overall. They're a great under team in the month of September, going 18-38-3 over-under. The Cyclones, a very good under team when favored in a game, now 14-38-2 over-under as faves over the last eight years. Last 51 games period for the Cyclones, 16, 33, and 2. So there you have it. We'll track the over-under line move. We'll make our move when the line tops out at about, what, 46.5 to 47 points. But, yeah, we're seeing another one of those patented low-scoring 20 to 17 final scores. And, Mark, we're going to be going under with the Iowa-Iowa State in-state game. Victor goes under the total between the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes for his side in the football game this Saturday. Interestingly, this will be the first matchup between these two rivals when they've both been ranked in the top 25 at the same time. Odd but true, it's been the case Iowa State has really been an improved football team here of late under Matt Campbell. They struggled, did Iowa State, in their game against Northern Iowa last week. I love that because it keeps the line a little bit lower, uh, what everybody sees as a struggling Iowa State football team. But you can throw caution to the wind with that because the last nine games between Iowa State and Northern Iowa, 
Iowa State has lost three times, and four of those other games were decided by six or fewer points. So what happened last week was nothing unusual when Iowa State takes on Northern Iowa in the Battle of the Panthers and the Cyclones. I mentioned Matt Campbell here. I think he's the most unsung head coach in college football. He's beginning to get his due, and rightfully so. It was our analysis in the 2021 Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine that we are likely to see Oklahoma and Iowa State playing for the Big 12 championship game. There are a lot of pundits out there that liked Iowa State to possibly win the Big 12 this year, and I can understand why this football team comes back absolutely loaded from last year. I'm talking returning experience-wise, and they're going to end up being a force this college football season. The Iowa Hawkeyes enter in here off that route over Indiana last week. Inside that route, however, were two pick sixes by Iowa, which kind of pads the score. You've got Kirk Ferentz uh, just 7-14 and 14 to the spread in this series. In the 21 games, he only covered the number seven times, only 4-10 and 10 when both teams are coming in off a win. All the off-the-field distractions that happened last year to Iowa off the season, I don't know if they're completely ironed out here just of yet. We're not reading a lot about them, so that's the good news, I hope, that that's all in the past in the rearview mirror for the Iowa Hawkeyes. The bottom line to me is this Iowa State football team is a team that has appeared in the college football polls each of the last four years out of the Big 12 Conference. There's only one other team that could say that. That's Oklahoma. That's how Iowa State has really grown in the Power 5 rankings under Matt Campbell. You got an Iowa State football team that is 9 and 0 to the spread when they're favored at home by less than 7 points. That's the role they'll be in here on Saturday and I'll lay the points with Iowa State from my side in this football game against the Iowa Hawkeyes. And don't go away guys, when we come back Victor and I are going to tear apart our NFL game of the week and we've got a beauty on tap this Sunday when the Cleveland Browns take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't go away, we'll be back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sportsbook online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. You're listening to Mark Lawrence against the spread. Now back to the action. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're moving on to our NFL game of the week. And as we mentioned, we've got a beauty on tap this Sunday when the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Cleveland Browns in a rematch of the AFC playoffs last year when the Chiefs booted out the Browns. Victor, being a hometown Cleveland Browns fan, we were a little bit resentful about that, but we have to put our biases aside and handicap the game just for the way it plays. How do you see the Chiefs and the Browns shaking out this Sunday? There's been some interesting line moves in the game, particularly from the over-under standpoint. The Chiefs opened, what, five and a half? And as we looked this morning, Wednesday, there are six and a half. There's even a couple of sevens out there. Even more important, the over-under line is indeed going up. It opened 51 and a half. And as of this morning, again, Wednesday morning, we are up to 54 and a half points in the game. So there has, uh, after hanging around 51 and a half, maybe 52 all summer long, it looks like there's been some steam on the over in the last seven days to propel this line up into the high range, 54 and a half, 55, even 56 is last year. 
Uh, last year, Cleveland Road games split right down the middle at 4-4 four and four over under, but an average of 55.0 combined points per game when the Browns took to the road. Meanwhile, the Kansas City home games went 4-4 four and four over under last season at 49.7 combined points per game. That number seems a little bit low considering Casey's involved in so many home shootouts, but it is what it is, 49.7. In fact, at home over the last four seasons, the Chiefs have still had more unders than overs, actually, at 14-7-1 over-under with an uh, average of 47.1 points per game. The series, four out of the last six meetings, under the total. Last year, of course, was the playoff game. Mark talked about it in this week's Playbook Football newsletter in which the Chiefs won 22-17, to the game a lot closer than people thought particularly when uh, Mahomes went out with that injury in the third quarter and KC had to rely on quarterback Chad Henney for about a quarter and a half of that particular game. It ended up going under the total by 16 and a half points. What we do note from our totals tip sheet analysis, the Chiefs have gone a perfect 6-0 and to the over in their game ones uh, over the last six years with a combined average of 60.3 points per game. So, you know, one might think that we might join the over party in terms of the game, but we're not going to be doing that, Mark. But we will be still using this game as a free play, and it's going to be riding our hot boy Tuco. His team total of the week is actually going to be the Kansas City Chiefs over their team total, which opened at 29.5. In fact, that's the, the line that I got my wager in when I bet the Chiefs over their team total. But since the line has gone up an additional, what, two to three points, the Kansas City team total is now up to 30 and a half. We're still going to be playing the over for the Chiefs, assuming that they will get 31 or more. My wife actually helped me handicap this game for Tuco. I asked her to grab the Playbook Yearbook magazine and check out Kansas City's team totals in their first game of the season. Check this out. In their last five season openers... The Chiefs have scored 34, 40, 38, 42, and 33 points. That's a five-year average of 37.4 points per game scored in their first game of the season. They come out firing, and they do it pretty consistently. In addition, the Chiefs have averaged 35 points per home uh, at home against all AFC North Division opponents over the last three years. And between Sandy and Tuco and myself, I think we basically saw all we needed to come out firing after that final preseason game in which Mahomes had a quarterback rating of 158.3. And uh, on the flip side, the Cleveland defense, as we noted earlier, did give up a lot of points in their road games last season, the third highest in the league. That included 38 points on the road against Baltimore, Dallas, and Pittsburgh. 35 allowed on the road against Tennessee, and 34 allowed on the road against Cincinnati. Uh, in their last two game ones, the Browns have allowed 40.5 points per game. So we're going to pass on the game total, Mark, but Tuco's making his stand this week and indeed will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs over their current team total now of 30.5 points. And Mark, what do you got as far as the side play in this game? Well, Victor, as I mentioned here, this is playoff revenge from last football season. With that, it probably almost always points us to the underdog side, especially in Game 1 matchups. I'll say this, that uh, the Cleveland Browns credit, they absolutely slayed it in the offseason. Their general manager, Andrew Berry, 
just did a masterful job, not only in free agent signings, but also killed it in the NFL draft as well. They plugged a lot of holes in this football team, especially on the defensive side. And it went so far as to say that the Athletic put in print that most teams aren't even going to recognize the Cleveland Browns defense when they take the field this football season because of all the new talent. Their offensive line for the Cleveland Browns is ranked number one overall in the NFL by pro football focus, which really bodes well for the top running back tandem duel that they have in both Nick Chubb and ex-Kansas City Chief Kareem Hunt in this football contest here. You got Kevin Stefanski did a masterful job with the Browns in his first season last year. In fact, outside the division, Stefanski went 8-3 and three straight up and 7-4 and four to the spread. And when he wasn't favored in those games, he was 3-1 and one straight up and a perfect 4-0 and oh to the spread where the Browns and their Stefanski last football season. The Kansas City Chiefs have did what they needed to do in the offseason. They revamped their offensive line. It was absolutely a horror show in the Super Bowl last year. And in fact, I was reading where Next Gen Stats put out this statistic, which I found really alarming here, that Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl ran for more than 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage in the Super Bowl last year as he was being chased over and over and in and out throughout the football game because of the offensive line. Well, hopefully they've got that addressed this football season here. This is a football team that won 16 games, did the Kansas City Chiefs last year, but yet covered the spread only seven times. And what does that tell me? It tells me that they played games a lot closer than the biggest odds makers predicted them to do just that. They won nine one-score games last year. They went 9-0 and in one-score games, but were 0-8-1 against the spread in those close-call one-score games. In fact, they beat Cleveland 22-17 in the playoffs. That was part of that tally last football season here. A good stat from my database here is going to put me on the Cleveland Browns in this football game. I know Cleveland is just 1-20 and 1 straight up in their season opening games since they came back as an expansion team in 1999. They've really struggled out of the gate to start the season. But I'll go so far as to say none of those teams approach the level of talent that this year's Cleveland Browns football team will have when they take the field at Arrowhead. We know Super Bowl losers really tend to struggle the following year. They really struggle in their first game of the season when they take on opponents that won nine or more games the previous year. They've covered the spread in only four of the last 17 tries. With that, we'll take the points with the Cleveland Browns for our side in this big showdown game between Cleveland and Kansas City on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time for one of our favorite segments on the show as we do each and every year as we hop out to Las Vegas to check out the Vegas vibe with our good friend Andy Isco, who joins us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, I hope you're ready for this 2021 football season as much as we are here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Well, Mark, it's uh, good to be chatting with you and all the folks again. It's uh, been a long time since uh, the season ended, and at least this year, although there is a little bit with the COVID and everything, the concerns are not nearly as great as they were last year. It was great to see full college stadiums this past weekend as that season got underway uh, in full force, and looking for more of the same with the NFL, and uh, looking forward to uh, see how that extra game is going to impact things come week 18 this year, as far as a lot of things being up for grabs. Of course, we've got the uh, three wild cards from each conference again for a second straight year. 
I'm really looking forward to this season and be interesting to see how Tampa Bay does this year now that they are the hunted team rather than the hunter. And what surprise team might be like a Tampa Bay from last year, which showed dramatic improvement from 2019 to 2020. So let's kick it off. Well, Andy, we'll have an extra week to find out the answers to those questions you just asked because the NFL is playing that 17-game schedule this football season. And uh, I would have asked you this in Las Vegas this year when, uh, for the Super Bowl weekend, but you know I couldn't come out because of the COVID. Uh, my wife and I came down with the COVID at really an improbable time, but nonetheless, we're past that. We're healthy. We got past it, and I'm going to look forward to joining you out in Vegas once again next year. But with regard to the 17th game in the National Football League season this year, does it put a little bit of an extra spin on these contests that we're looking at in Las Vegas? Uh, You know, I know there's some prize payouts and bonuses and things like that. Uh, Your take on what it will mean as far as the contests in Las Vegas are concerned with a 17-week schedule in the NFL this year? Well, really, for the most part, uh, it's not going to have a dramatic or a significant impact because of the fact we're just going, for example, in the Super Contest uh, and in the uh, Circa Million, uh, which we'll get to in a moment, both of those contests, uh, where you pick five picks a week. Instead of picking 80 games this year, you're going to pick uh, 90, uh, eight, I'm sorry, 85 games over 17 weeks. You're going to pick 90 games over 18 weeks. Actually, uh, going back to when I first uh, joined the contest, moved out here to Vegas in 1991, at that time you made 17 picks, uh, excuse me, seven picks for the, uh, uh, at that point, the buys hadn't come in, you had a 16-week schedule, so you made 102 picks early, so it's not that that significant of a a change as far as having the extra week for those contests, but for the Circus Survivor, that's the contest that started up uh, last year with the uh, coincident with the opening of the uh, Circus Sportsbook, which is a phenomenal property. I, I'd urge everyone uh, when they get a chance to get out here. The two the two places you have to see for sportsbooks, uh, the Westgate and uh, the Circa. You'll be, you'll be blown away by what you see, but uh, nonetheless, that's the contest where uh, it had a $1,000 entry fee, and you picked one game straight up a week in the NFL, but although there were 17 weeks, there were 18 weeks in the contest because Thanksgiving Day, those three games, ultimately it was two because the Baltimore Pittsburgh game was rescheduled for the following uh, Monday or Tuesday, uh, you had to pick one of those four teams that ended up playing. So there were 18 weeks in the contest. Now the additional the uh, uh, now 30, I think it was 35 people actually had a perfect season, so they shared not only in the 1.4 million dollar prize pool that. That was created by the entry fees. There was a million dollar bonus added for anyone or any ones in this case who had a perfect 18 and 0 season, and so they shared in an extra million dollars as well. So that seemed to attract a lot of attention as far as increasing the guarantee for this year and also increasing the participation. But it also caused Derek Stevens, the uh, the owner and CEO of Circa, to say, "Let's make it a little bit more difficult. Not only now is there a 17th week of the regular, a uh, 17th game in the regular season." which would have extended the contest to eight to 19 weeks because 18 of the regular weeks plus Thanksgiving. The Christmas uh, week games, there's, I think, a game on Christmas Day and a couple right around it that are non-Sunday, Monday games. That's going to be a 20th week, so there are now two additional weeks that contestants have to survive in order to have a chance to... Uh, Get get what will be a million dollar bonus with a twist, but also participate in the guaranteed six million dollar prize pool. So last week, uh, last year rather, eighteen weeks, 
There were still 35 people who were perfect. We're going to see what happens this year with the additional two weeks, one of which will just consist of three games. And by the way, let's not forget how difficult a task that was last year, because if you recall opening week last year, Jacksonville went into Indianapolis, stunned the heavily favored uh, Indianapolis Colts, eliminated a significant portion of the field. Yet despite that, there still were, there were 35 people who navigated through the season perfectly. So uh, that, I think, will be the main impact as far as the contests are concerned related to the additional game being played this season in the NFL. Aha, uh-huh. so now there'll be extra thought forethought being put into the Survivor Contest where not only did you have to look ahead to the Thanksgiving weekend uh, and save a team that you didn't want to have to use and burn out, have them available to use on Thanksgiving week, you have to do the same thing now with Christmas games. So that means two look-ahead saves, if you will, in planning your uh, your weekend. That all what that all means to me here, Andy, is that you won't. I don't think you'll find. I don't know how what the ent- amount of entries will be if it'll be the same or more as last year. But if it's the same, I don't think you'll find 35 undefeated people with this new caveat that they have added to it here again. Now with Christmas on top of it, I think that just makes the percentages a little bit more difficult when it comes to carving out a perfect ticket in the Circa Survivor Contest. I'm visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Speaking about the Circa, I was reading an article about the how nice it is. Uh, an article was written out about the overlay at the Circa and how nice in the, uh, the benefits of having an overlay in a contest where, as a for instance, uh, there's guaranteed money in the Circa contest. I think it's $4 million this year. And if you don't have enough entries at 1000 per uh, if you have 3,000 entries, that becomes an overlay in a situation like that. Do you anticipate that the amount of entries uh, exceeding that that $4,000 guaranteed level this year? Well, let, me, let me give you a little history. The Circa contest came about initially in 2019. They guaranteed a million and a half dollars, so they needed 1,500 entries at $1,000 a piece to cover that guarantee. And for the most part of the summer leading up to the final week before entries, it looked as though not only wouldn't they make it, they, they'd miss by several hundred. As it turned out, there was a flurry in the final uh, five or six days. They ended up getting uh, 1,800 and something entries, so they covered the guarantee. Last year, the guarantee was uh, $3 million, so they needed 3,000 entries at $1,000 per entry, and that also inc- included the fact that we were dealing with COVID. Once again, it looked as though they weren't going to make that guarantee, but they ended up getting 3,300 and something, so there was no overlay, even though that appeared to be the case for much of the time leading up to the contest. And this year, we are in a similar situation, other, though, other than the fact that the guarantee this year is $4 million in the uh, Circa Million contest, and for most of the summer, it looked as though they were going to have difficulty meeting it. Not quite sure if they will, but right now, and I believe these numbers are as of last night, 3,208 entries with about four days remaining to uh, to enter as we speak. They, I think the entry deadline is on uh, uh, Saturday. So uh, let's see, we're, we're at Wednesday. We're about 72 hours plus remaining. $792,000 is the current overlay. I think they're going to come extremely close to it because a lot of the sharps, a lot of the advantage players wait until the very last minute to decide, are they going to take a chance? And if the overlay is, is not there, but there's not that much that exceeded the overlay, they will end up coming in. So I think that contest has a very good shot of making it to the 4000 they need. That's not the case with the Circa Million, where the uh, guaranteed uh, prize pool this year is $6 million, and they need 6,000 entries at $1,000 each in order to make that guarantee. And as of, I think, the same time last night, they 
they were a little bit short of 3,000, 2,740 entries. So that made the current overlay $3,260,000. I think it's going to be very difficult to achieve the 6,000 that they meet that they need. They may get to uh, uh, to 3,500 or 4,000, but that still will make it a significant overlay. Uh, the one thing to keep in mind is that uh, in the uh, Circus Survivor, you are allowed up to six entries. So that for someone who wants to go for $6,000 and have six shots, that might spur it up a little bit in the final few days, to, especially for those who are c- contemplating uh, there being an overlay this year. In the Circa Million, they may reach it because you are allowed a maximum of uh, three entries per uh, uh, per contestant. And they... Uh, they uh, they received a little bit of competition, sort of like a counterpunch from the Westgate this year. For many years, the Westgate, for every year actually, until this year, the Westgate contest had a $1,500 uh, entry fee. That's been reduced to $1,000 per entry, so that's on par with the uh, uh, Circa Million right now. And also, for the last five or six years, uh, the uh, Westgate contest became a profit center for the Westgate. They took out 8% of the entry fee uh, that went right to uh, the administrative fees, or I call it just, you know, the, the corporation itself not returned to the players. They only returned 92% of the entry fees. That was eliminated this year. So my thought is that perhaps some of those who entered uh, the Circa last year have gone back to the Westgate this year, given the fact that it's likely and it should turn out that the Westgate will have many fewer entries than will the Circa. The prize pool will be less, but going up against fewer contestants, you're going to have uh, more of an opportunity to cash. Uh, by the way, the Westgate, which had a record 3,300-plus entries in 2019, dropped significantly last year due to COVID and due to the competition from Circa. Now that that was an established contest one season in, they dropped to about 1,300 entries last year. They're making some of that up right now. I believe they're a little bit over 1,500. Wouldn't be surprised if they get to about 1,900 or 2,000 this year as they bounce back from uh, 2020's level. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. I encourage you to log on to the website and check out his outstanding weekly newsletter, The Logical Approach, all available online at TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. Andy will be visiting with us each and every week throughout the season to give us an update on the wins and loss standings in these two major contests in Vegas throughout the season here. And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play on the show this week. Well, we'll go with week one of the NFL, and I like to play defense, uh, especially early in the season. I believe defenses are generally ahead of offenses, uh, especially this year with only pre- three preseason games. Of course, last year you had none, so it was real uncertainty. I'm going to look at a game involving a team traveling across the country, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers uh, going into uh, the nation's capital to take on the Washington uh, football team. I wonder if they're going to follow Cleveland's lead and change their name to Guardians next year. I doubt it, but just a thought out there. Any event, the uh, total in this game right now is sitting right around 44.5 to 45. I think mostly 44.5. There are some 45s there. I'm going to look for this to be a defensive game marked by a lot of running by both teams, a lot of very good defense. Washington uh, arguably has one of the best defenses in the NFL, and San Diego, uh, I said, uh, first time this year, and it's been like four years now. 
Chargers have an outstanding defense as well in the AFC, also an ability to run the ball. I'll be interested to see how uh, Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers, who had that uh, great rookie season last year, fares now that he's going on the road in front of uh, frenzied fans, especially in the uh, nation's capital. So they may be a little cautious with him, especially first game with a new coaching staff, etc. Fitzpatrick, a capable <clears throat> Maybe a little bit better than a game manager. He can win games, but uh, I don't, you know, he's not the long-term answer for uh, uh, for Washington. But he's capable enough. You saw him, of course, down in Miami. He's had several stops throughout the league where he's been a consistent player. I think they're going to rely on a short passing game and a uh, a lot of running with both defenses making big plays. I'm going to look for this game to stay under the total of 45 uh, in what should be, and uh, as we can tell from the from the price, it's a it looks to be a very competitive game, and uh, we'll see how both of these. T- teams come out because I think if both of these teams are going to make the playoffs, it's going to be based largely on uh, very good defenses. Andy Isco on the under in the Chargers-Washington football team game for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, once again, it's been great visiting with you. I love talking with you because I know football is in the air. The pig is in the air. And we'll look forward to doing more of the same next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Good luck this week, Andy. Thanks, Mark. Good luck to you, and uh, best wishes to all the uh, listeners out there for a great start to the season. Victor and I are going to put the final wraps on the show in our complimentary plays when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get down with it. It's our awesome angle of the week, week number one in the NFL season this week. We're going to go to the college football side of things, and we call this Mission Gone South. We're looking to do is to play against any college football team in game two of the season that's coming off a double-digit loss. A mission team in college football is simply this, guys. If a team went to a college bowl game three successive years in a row and failed to go last year, they play with a mission the next year to get back to the bowl games. Those are called mission teams. So what we're looking to do is to fade a mission team that's coming off a disappointing double-digit loss in their first game of the season. We do this because these teams are just... 3-16 3-16 and 16 to the spread since 1990. You flip it around, that's an 84% play against situation. This week we'll be playing against Temple, the Owls, for our Mission Gone South team for our awesome angle play on the football card this week. And with that, let's hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's complimentary play on the show is. And Victor, if you would also let them know what you've got going on at King Creole Sports this weekend. Sure thing, Mark, can do. Now, we kind of rushed things a little bit earlier in the show uh, and to also get our uh, Andy Isco segment in. So a couple of little topics I wanted to touch on before our free plays. First off, uh, you know, Andy mentioned his selection on the Washington football team and the L.A. Chargers under the total, and he's got a good one there. I'm going to be joining him as well. We do know who the new head coach is of the Chargers, and that's Brandon Staley who had that fantastic year with the Rams last year as the Rams had the number one defense in all of football. So I'm with you on that one, Andy. And as far as Washington team names, now they have whittled it down to like eight or nine team names for Washington. Those team names, 
that have made it to the short list in terms of a nickname are the Washington Armada, the Brigade, the Commanders, the Defenders, the Presidents, the Red Hogs, the Red Wolves, and once again, the Washington football team. So those, that's the short list for the potential Washington nickname. Uh, if I have any sort of an axe to uh, grind this week in, in terms of something that's pissing me off, it's the fact that, you know, Andy was talking about the contest in Vegas, Mark, and still nobody's ever given me a good reason why there's no NFL over-under contest. NFL totals plays only. I've never gotten a, a legitimate, logical answer why there is no such contest in Vegas. Uh, what, uh, over-unders are easier to handicap than uh, favorites and underdogs? I don't think so. You know, you can make a case that over-unders are actually even a little bit more difficult. So I say to Andy, Andy, get a hold of Derek Stevens on the phone or Jay Cornegay and when they want to introduce a Vegas Sportsbook-sponsored over-under contest for NFL totals plays, I'm going to be the first one in line for that contest. There you got it. All said. Uh, you know, one more thing, Mark. You mentioned the fact that um, you and Colleen caught the COVID uh, back in late July. And before I get into my free plays, I wanted to get your feedback if possible because it basically swept through our office. A couple people got pretty sick. I know you were under the weather for a while. You mentioned something about your sense of smell and your sense of taste. Did you want to comment on that experience uh, in late July in the entire month of August? My one comment would be this, Victor, and I don't want to get on a political bandstand box here, but I will say this, that I will repeat what my doctor told my wife and I, and it's that you can thank the man upstairs that you were vaccinated because if you weren't and at our age, we would have been hospitalized. And who knows what happens when you go into the hospital with COVID. It's not a very, very warm thought at all. Because of it, we were able to get through the COVID. I will say that it felt like we had the flu times three, lost the smell, lost the taste. I've got pretty much of that all back right now. A good colleague of mine, Scott Van Pelt at ESPN, still suffers from a loss of taste and he come down with this thing my goodness eight months ago so the effects of covid can be wide ranging to say the least but again thankful i'm vaccinated and i hope the national football league can do everything it can in its power to get as many players in this league vaccinated as possible one for the health of the human being and two for the love of the sport that's my comment victor Definitely, and we do credit the NFL and college football, at least from a team personnel and player standpoint, their vaccination rates are significantly higher than the vaccination rates across the country. As an example, the Mississippi uh, Rebels college football program is 100% vaccinated. Lane Kiffin has done a great job there, and that's considering the state of Mississippi uh, in its entirety is still around only about 45%. So uh, hats off to Lane Kiffin at the guys on the Mississippi football team, definitely. Uh, all it requires is getting a vaccination. And please don't try the experimental, you know, horse vaccine or whatever you want to call it, because there's plenty of stories of patients, ivermectin patients, overloading hospitals because of this dumb, stupid experimental horse thing, whatever you want to call it. But whatever, we'll get over that. We'll get past it. Uh, Mark, before I get into our two free opinions here, 
There are three storylines in the NFL I'm going to be following very, very closely this season. Number one, the Buffalo Bills. I'm not. I'm not saying a lot when I, you know, they're going to be a great over team this season. I mean, for God's sakes, they went 12, four, and one over under last year in 2020. They became the only team in history of the NFL to gain 20 or more first downs on offense in every single game of the season with fewer than 50 points. Uh, excuse me, 50 punts all year. They average only 2.95 punts per game. The Buffalo Bills. They did that thanks to a ton of. Offensive changes last season, they can certainly win it all this year, but they must continue to adapt and counterpunch. We'll be keeping our eyes on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, another team, and um, you know, Andy mentioned it, the Chargers. You know, you and I, <laughs> for two years, we bashed the heck out of Anthony Lynn as the head coach of the Chargers. We threw him under the bus. We rolled under a few times. We basically probably ran him out of town or had something with running him out of town out of L.A. He's playing. He's uh, coaching in Detroit now. But the Chargers literally lost a full season's worth of games by one score over the last two years. Over the last two seasons in the NFL, the Chargers lost 16 games by seven or less points. I love Justin Herbert. His rookie campaign was amazing. Lynn was the wrong guy there, but what they're going to need this year is smarter coaching, more attention to detail on the early downs, and also more aggression on fourth downs. That's going to be essential for their 2021 success. And one more thing, Mark, before I get into our plays, consider a hot second half of the NFL season team in the Indianapolis Colts this season. Colts schedule in 2021, in weeks one through five, the toughest schedule in the NFL, number one toughest schedule. Weeks six and on, the number one easiest schedule in the NFL. That's the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Reich, in three years as a head coach, in weeks one through five, seven and eight against the spread. In weeks six and later, 21 and 12 against the spread. So don't be shocked if after a brutal opening schedule, the Colts offer some solid value down the stretch in 2021. Uh, so that's as far as my rant goes and some of the storylines I'm going to be following in the NFL. The two freebies we're going to throw out, Mark, are from the totals tip sheet. They are not over-under selections. We're going to leave those for the people to check out that you know want to purchase the totals tip sheet newsletter. Uh, $10. The Playbook Football newsletter just came out on Tuesday evening as well. $10. You're going to want to run over to playbook.com and definitely download both publications. I got two player prop overs for 2021 that are going to be thrown out there as free plays, Mark. And number one is Tom Brady over his passing yard total. The last line I looked was Tom Brady at 4650 passing yards. And heck, we all know how things worked out for Brady in this first season with the Buccaneers, you think? Uh, he faced a brand new landscape, a new game plan, new personnel, new coaching staff. The result, 46-33 passing yards, 40 TDs, only 12 interceptions. And with that said, there's still room for improvement in 2021. This is year two of the system, so there's going to be a natural progression there. And not only that, but every single one of Brady's targets is back as well. It's it's rare for a Super Bowl team to bring back everybody from that championship-winning team the previous year, and that's exactly what the Buccaneers did. Not only that, but Brady has played 16 games in a season 
in 11 of his last 12 years, and he gets 17 games in 2021 to hit this mark of 4650 passing yards. I mean, heck, a healthy season could very well result in 5,000 or more passing yards. Even if he misses one game, this prop could still very well hit the over. So prop over under number one, Tom Brady, over 4650 passing yards. And prop over under number two, Mark, is going to be Robert Woods, wide receiver, L.A. Rams, over 1,000 receiving yards. Now, we know the Rams, they figure to get a major boost at the quarterback position after trading Jared Goff for Matt Stafford way back in February. Most Sharps agree that Stafford provides a much higher upside in terms of passing. I'm definitely in that camp. When Goff was his quarterback, Robert Woods averaged 1,018 yards per season and 69 yards per game. So he was already over those numbers, even with Jared Goff as his quarterback. And I love his chances to soar past this number with Stafford. You know, Sean McVay, he employs Woods in more different offensive passing formations than any other wide receiver on the team. When we factor in that Cam Akers season-ending injury, it appears the Rams will be skewing only even more pass-heavy than even he attended so there's some tremendous value on Robert Woods, over 1,000 receiving yards. So for our free plays this week, Tuco's going over the total, Kansas City Chiefs team total. We're playing our Tom Brady prop of over for his passing yards. We're playing our Robert Woods prop for over in his receiving yards. And already at playbook.com, we've got our four-star over of the week in the NFL the one over under play that we have, um, because of our database, we've attached a best bet rating, and that four star over the week is at playbook.com, as is this week's issues of the Playbook Football newsletter and the Totals Tip Sheet newsletter. So there you go, Mark, my long winded free plays of the week. And I'm also, of course, the uh, NFL storylines I'll be following this year. That's Victor King from King Creole Sports. Be sure to join him this weekend for all of his plays online at playbooksports.com. And by the way, that's our new address. We've added sports to our name to Playbook. It's playbooksports.com for all your winning information. While you're there, check out the best football newsletter on the planet. That's the Playbook Weekly Football Newsletter. It's on sale now through the Super Bowl for just $99 complete. That's weekly Playbook Football Newsletter weekly through the Super Bowl for $99 complete. And when you subscribe, you'll also get my daily coffee club email in your inbox every day from the day you sign up until the Super Bowl. It's a heck of a buy. $99 complete. Check it out online at playbooksports.com. One quick note, our friends at mybookie.ag are offering a $1,000 sign-up bonus to all podcast listeners. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag or call toll-free 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Visa and Bitcoin are accepted to get your $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. I'll also be using my NFL Opening Week Play of the Year this Sunday. We've had outstanding success with this play. We've gone 15-4 and four the last 19 NFL Opening Week Plays of the Year. It's all part of the $99 Football Weekend of Winners. All you need to do is call me toll-free at 1-800-321-7777 or log on, as I mentioned, at playbooksports.com. 
for your $99 football weekend of winners and to subscribe to the Playbook Football Newsletter. My complimentary play on the football show this week it comes from our smart box inside the Playbook Football Newsletter. Victor hit on it earlier in the, on the show. We call it Bowler Blues. And what we're looking to do is to fade college football teams in game two of the season, like sophomore blues. These are bowler blues for teams that were in bowl games last year that lost straight up in game number one. These teams tend to fold like a cheap tent when they lost straight up as a favorite in game number one. They're just 31 and 46 to the spread. And in fact, if they scored 10 or fewer points in that loss, they're just four and 16 against the spread. With that, we're going to fade North Carolina when they take on Georgia State and grab up all the points with the Panthers in this football game, there's something wrong with a football bowl team that lost straight up as a double-digit favorite and can't win this next week as well. We'll grab up the points with Georgia State for our complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.